welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a 7th Heaven podcast. I'm your co-host, Lady J. And your other co-host, T. T, how are you? Good. I'm glad I saw your face, so everything's Aww. better. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, it's true. Now I'm blushing. <laughs> Only people could see it. Oh. Can you guys feel it? Quick, take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Don't take a picture. <laughs> Fine, don't tempt me. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we have an episode to get into this episode, this podcast episode, mm-hmm. and like we'll get into it, but <laughs> we will. But I just kind of wanted to take a second and like reflect, man. I mean, we're halfway, we're more than halfway through. Mm-hmm. We're almost at the end of the season. Yeah, and you know, it's we've been doing this for just over a year now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to take a second, man, and like just like appreciate what we've done. Like, uh. <laughs> I know that sounds really like self-serving and like, oh, let's pat ourselves on the back for five minutes. Uh, like, excuse me while I pat myself <laughs> on the back. Yeah, as you should. Right now. Like, first of all, when we started this thing, like, and I say that like it's blown up any time in the last year, but like, I mean, when we started it, it really was just for ourselves, you know, and yeah. like maybe three people we knew would listen. And I mean, people are listening, people are tuning it, tuning in. And I think it's, I think it's been great. And this season, especially, I feel like our show has yeah. like really hit a bit of a stride, you know, mm-hmm. which is interesting considering like this might be the worst season. Dude, you're only in season four. We still have five, six, no, seven, I mean, eight. I mean, thus far, obviously, <laughs> obviously yeah. thus far, but like, I don't know. This is also maybe like the better season or like one of the best seasons because I feel like the show has finally become what at least I always remembered it to be, which oh, is okay. like of what television like, demanded. Uh, maybe? maybe I don't know. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you might be right. Like just in the sense of like I kind of just always remembered it being this like teen drama and mm-hmm. like not so much about family values and shit. Yeah, you know? and I definitely feel like it's. It's not been that this season, mm. like like the family values yeah. thing, like which it still is, and I think it always will be because they can't help themselves. Yeah. It's so much a part of the fabric of mm-hmm. the show, but it definitely feels a little bit more like into the teen drama stuff. Yeah, you know, there's like there's like sexual chemistry things happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like lots of like boyfriend girlfriend talk and action. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I I'm not hating this season I just also think like I feel like nothing has happened you know because we always talk about sort of the arc yeah and of course we'll talk obviously so much more about it in our recap episode which spoiler alert will be happening um but I, I don't know I, give, I can't I can't tell you like what's happened this I, season. I, I well I guess the best way to put it is I think they're they're trying to give the characters juicy meatier stories but again, as a whole, there is no arc. Yeah. There really isn't. I agree. It, it, it's not meeting. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But it's like meaty, the, but it's not meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're giving you, of course, Mary, all the juicy so stuff. So much Mary juice. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty crazy how heavily they're leaning on her mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. And let's, let's be real. I mean, the spoilies have always been about her, but you're like, That's okay. True. Yeah. But, like... 
But the spoilies have always been about her since season one, in many ways. Yeah. And, like, if, if like, for this season, I understand the spoilies being dedicated to her. But before, what, what were you guys thinking? Yeah, it is weird. Although, I mean, I guess we can't set too much store in the spoilies because... I mean, who knows who wrote them and when. Yeah, I You know what I mean? Like, for all we know, they were written, like, ten years after the fact. Well, that's now. But, like, you know, like, (laughs) well after the fact, just for the purposes of having them online or whatever. Like... I still can't get over season three, the episode called Chianti, and wasn't thrown in there. Oh my god, seriously. I I don't understand that. Till this day, I think I'm still confused. I think we did sort of crack that wide open though didn't we at some point did like we? we realized there was some reference that made sense i could be completely missing or misremembering it i don't but i don't think we ever even came to a conclusion yeah with that i one. know that was like really hilarious even though we had a bottle of chianti with <laughs> yeah <it>. we did <laughs> look back on our instagram <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i don't know i just wanted to take a second and be reflective and now I'm done. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so the episode at hand is episode 417, titled 12 Angry People. Mm-hmm. And the Amazon Prime spoilie is, Eric worries that a killer might go free when he sits on a jury in a cop killer trial. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something kind of embarrassing and funny. To, Ooh, well, yay. it's funny to me. Please do. Well, you know, whenever it said like, of course, I never read the spoilies, mm-hmm. and we know this, but whenever I read the title for this episode, 12 Angry People, I was like, but wait a minute, the Camden House is like, you know. <laughs> I, I was like, what did they add in? <laughs> it didn't hit me that he's going to be in a jury. And I was like, like it's a reference to 12 Angry Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing, but yeah. On no, the- I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> um, no, for me, this was like... In fact, I'm kind of disappointed that... I mean, I guess they couldn't call it 12 Angry Men because that's yeah. just... That wouldn't make sense even. Yeah. You know? and, then, and then I guess that's just silly to like call it exactly the thing that you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's totally that. And arguably like that whole storyline is sort of the whole show. I mean, mm-hmm. everything else that's like peppered into it with all the other Camdens, again, thematically, I think does feed the theme and like serve the purpose. Yeah. But ultimately it boils down to like this story of Eric being on this jury. I do have a question for you. Yes. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, let me clarify. I wasn't paying attention to the credits, and therefore I don't know who wrote this episode. So I know you oh, paid I attention. I didn't either. I didn't, what? I didn't even think about it, to be honest. I'm I can look it up. I, I, Pad for time for a second. Okay. La 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 la. This is Halloween. But, Halloween. But Sorry. what makes you want to know that? Or like what prompts you to even ask that question? Um, because I kind of enjoyed. Um, some of the dialogue that happened between, well, not dialogue per se, but whatever. I enjoyed um, some of the the conversations that were happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, and that's why I was just curious who actually wrote this so episode. So it was written by Carol Tenney. Okay. Who I feel like is not a name we know. Mm-hmm. You know what? I take it back. Well, do I take it back? I feel like Sue Tenney. Is a name we know? 
And I'm wondering if that's Carol, but no, it's not. Yeah. I feel like Sue Tenney is definitely a name I've seen in the credits. Mm. Pause while I look that up. Okay. Yeah, she was a producer on 7th Heaven. Okay. So either Carol is like her sister or something. Well, I, but clearly, like all in the family. I, I'm gonna say because it, I'm not saying that. Well, okay, I will say this. It kind of reminds me of something Brenda Hampton totally would have wanted to write. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's why I was confused. I was like, I, I didn't know if Brenda Hampton wrote this episode or not. But I will say, um, there is some parts in the jury scene, like when they're in that room, yeah. that I enjoy the conversation. Not anything that Eric said. Eric just, like, he presented the questions, as he always sure. does. But what everybody else said, I kind of enjoyed it. And it's a lot of things that I kind of agree with. And that's why, that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I didn't... Here's the thing about this episode. Granted, it's not going to give you a higher rating, bro. No, Just no, say. no, Definitely not. But here's the thing with this episode, though, is that I find, like, very deeply problematic. Yes. Is, like, this, is a sh- this episode was so, like, heavily about the struggle of, like, minorities. Mm-hmm. Actually, even that, I think, is a bit of a, like, gross like generalization so yeah like, ultimately it boils down to like like minorities in the justice system yes. and like how the justice system like just doesn't work for them categorically works against them yes and is like designed to like mm-hmm. work against them yeah and and how sort of revel like revelationarily like poignant today because like it's so still like a part of the fabric of this country. Exactly. And like it's like it's completely just like so relevant to this day. The problem I had with it though is like it boils down to a bunch of white people sitting in a writer's room talking about their version of these struggles and these events or whatever. Yes. And we've talked about this many so times. So many times. But I, uh, but I also feel like it's the first time, and don't quote me on that, but like it, we're talking about it now, so it feels like the first time anyway, mm-hmm. like that they've made a pointed way, like, um, like, like a point to like make a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in previous episodes that have dealt with like racism or whatever, like mm-hmm. they've still kept it in the lens of a white person. Yes. So at the very least you can give them that in the sense of like, well, they're not trying to say this or that mm-hmm. or take the stance of this this person or that person. Like they're still very much taking the stance of like the white Camden, you know? Yeah. But in this episode, like they're putting their voices in the in the hands of black men and Hispanic men and women and stuff that I'm just like, no, like I can't get behind it. Even though a lot of what these characters are saying, I feel like might be an accurate portrayal. I don't Mm -hmm. even want to say is because I can't know that. I don't know that, but it feels like it could be an accurate portrayal or like, like the right words to say or whatever. I just can't get over the fact that it's like white people sitting in a room talking, like writing these words. This I agree with you, um, but I think the the reason why I enjoyed the conversation it wasn't I wasn't paying attention to who's giving the line, which mm. I probably should have. But the but the truth is, I feel like a lot of the things that they were saying, I don't know if it matters. No, 
maybe it does. But what I'm trying to say is I can't help but think that they still ring true. Especially yeah. what what um I'm forgetting the character's name, but I literally Well, they don't have names. Yeah, they don't have right? they're supposed to be anonymous. So I literally um I, I wrote down parts of this as youth and old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, know that. I actually have that clip pulled out. Okay, then we'll talk about we it can, then. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play it just now, but okay. like but I mean, definitely so much to talk about in this storyline, like just to your point, like and we're going to talk about it because it's the show and this is what we're here to do. So we're just going to have to talk about it and mm-hmm. and say what we liked and we didn't like and whatever and I definitely want to pay atta- like give weight and credence to the words being said because yeah. frankly that's all we really have to talk about mm-hmm. in this episode. But but like I just wanted to preface all of that by saying like it's still deeply problematic. Oh yeah. Because and then especially which we'll get to like the like the resolution of all of this boils down to like a white person yes you know what i mean and that really pissed me off that at the end of the day like it was the white guy that was the bottleneck and Mm -hmm. had to be like the final say in all of it yeah like like that really was like really problematic and i will say i didn't like who they you know with the sentence and everything Mm -hmm. afterwards we don't get to see who the quote-unquote murderer is. But see, I think that was a calculated choice. No, I know it's a calculated choice. Nameless, faceless defendant, nameless, faceless jurors. The whole point was, I think, that these... like, I think they actually did a really good job of keeping everybody anonymous and just making it about their story mm-hmm. and their background because it. I, I think it helps to like lend... Cre- like... like make the words even more weighted yeah. you know i, I don't it, know that it, i'm saying this no the right no way, but, but like but i understand what you're saying because that is what i felt in the end like it was a faceless man mm-hmm. that met it his sentence matter. because it because it's every man in that yeah. position ultimately like all like, you see is like, like an the orange story suit. was about everyone in that position at yeah. the end of the day not just this guy this day the, you know what i mean like yeah i i did appreciate that i don't know but there's so much to talk about, and I kind of want to like knock everything else out first. Why and not? Then we could like focus in. Yeah, on like the, the six dollar main... cappuccino that Lucy and Mary kept talking about. Oh my god! First, these fucking Camden children are hot fucking messes. No, no, no. Hold on. I I agree with you 100. percent We've discussed how they're always a hot mess. But here's my question. But like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna put this yes. out there. <laughs> Why is it? The kids want to test their boundaries or their limits when Eric is not home (laughs) and always go up against Annie. And let's be real, Annie's the head of the house. It's really not Eric. You and I have discussed this. Eric does nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does nothing. He's just a figure. See, it's interesting that you took it like they're trying to test their boundaries because Eric's away. So like while the cat's away, the mice are play. I didn't even take it that way. I was just like, okay, so this is going to be another story where like the kids want something each they each want something individual yeah from each other or whatever but they do it but they do it because it's not a team anymore it's one person so if annie was like imagine if annie was gone i think they would have done the same thing to eric yeah totally and that's my point like the point i guess i guess my point is like i didn't even think about it as like a it's like, oh, Eric's gone, so let's make the kids be annoying and shitty. I, like they do this all the time. I know, and it's 
drives me crazy. And you notice that a big driver of their shittiness for at least half of the kids in this episode was money. Yeah. Like, like Lucy and Mary don't understand the value of the dollar. Like, they want to go and spend $6 on a cappuccino because really what they want to do is just be out and about and, like, be yeah. seen on the promenade or whatever. And they don't understand that, like, there's, like, you literally can't just do that every time you want because you live in a house full of nine people and, like, yeah. money is tight and no. Yeah. You know, they just don't even, can't even comprehend the understanding of the word no. Yeah. You know? And then you've got Matt who, like, he's just going to, like, take over the church because, like, he can. And he's going to, like, fucking run rampant. <laughs> and he only brings one fucking pencil to study. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Like, super annoying. And then, and then you've got like Ruthie and Simon who are dealing with their own shit, but like also being super obtuse. Mm -hmm. Like, I could not handle Ruthie in this episode. Yeah. She so pissed me off mm -hmm. with her just complete like unwillingness to take responsibility for her yeah. actions. Yeah. And like flat out, like, like, like disobedient like I what's the right word I'm looking for like just like complete like disregard yeah for what Annie's telling her I know and trying to impart on her I uh, I, I just don't get Ruthie I do not I do not understand this but character. I will say she dropped interesting knowledge on Mary and it just made Mary into like this annoying person yeah it really did it, it did I, you like that dropping of knowledge though because um, I felt like that was just like Ruthie selfishly like Trying to like loop people into her web of like probably obtuseness. no I know and it probably is one hundred percent but I will say what she said was right though let's play that clip okay and then we can talk about it so why am I being punished I'll tell you why because I'm just like you how is that because once you're labeled as the bad girl there's nothing you can do about it we've gotten ourselves into trouble a few times this year. And now everything we do looks bad and we get punished for nothing. Yeah, you may be right. You know, that's pretty good. How'd you come up with that? I've been locked in my room for hours. I mean, very problematic. But I will say, if you label someone, then they're going to live up to it. Again, it's up to you. It's up to you as the person, as the individual, to change your circumstances and to live up to... But see, but no one has labeled them. That's the problem. Like, this is like Ruthie saying, my shoe is black and therefore it's black and right. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no one has labeled you as a problem child. You just continue to do stupid things and not take ownership of them and then have to be punished for them because there's going to be consequences to your bullshit actions. And then, and then you're going to turn the, like, try to flip the script and be like, yeah, I got labeled. No, you didn't. You just yeah. keep doing stupid things. Yep. That's true, too. But, I mean. The stupid thing, by the way, for our listeners is, like, she cut her friend Sarah's hair. Yeah. Like, into gave her Gave her bad bangs. Which, is Sarah Tweety Bird? <laughs> like, I didn't, I don't know how else to describe her. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, is that who Sarah is? I, uh, you know, I can't. I just kind of assumed it based on sort of the context of mm -hmm. like, you know, you were mean to her and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. It, it, it's funny because it's like whenever you were talking about Ruthie and saying like no one labeled her, you're right. No one did label her. But I was just, I think I was just listening to what she was just saying and how some people do feel that way. 
Yeah. And I was like, I, get, okay. I mean, you're right. All, all, but, like, again, I'm not... This wasn't... Like, Ruthie is a conniving, manipulative little shit. She's so the worst. And this is the thing. Is, like, okay... If that was her care, like if that was who they had set her up to be since day one, yeah. and that's her character, like love her, like like love it or leave it, like you don't have to like her. But if that's the character, then that's the character. Except that it's not. Yeah. And then when she pulls shit like this, it's just such an ugly color on her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's so it doesn't feel true to the character, and it just feels like this like. Like, like she got hit in the head and she's acting stupid. Okay. You know? I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I'm just going to put this question out there. Yeah. We've been talking about how annoying Ruthie has no, been this season. I know. So, I had this thought too, by the way. So is this really her character or are we just like hoping that like what we saw in season one was this like amazing kid that had like such insight to like who she was and now it's just getting... I guess this is what it boils down to for me, if I'm being honest with myself. Like, I think it comes down to, I just don't expect a young girl character like this to be a conniving, manipulative, kind of a little shit girl. I don't expect that. Yeah. And so when I see it happening on the screen... It's not even that I don't believe it. It's just like, I just don't like it. Yeah. It, it, it irks me because I think in my head, it's, it's incongruous with who I think Ruthie is. But to your point, she's proven time and time again that this is who she is. Yeah. So I think more than anything, like, I just need to get over it. And just admit that, like, I just don't like this character. Like, yeah. bottom line. Like, like, she can't annoy me anymore if I just boil it down to, like, she's the annoying one on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not Lucy anymore, guys. Uh, you know, like, I guess that's really what it comes down to, that I'm just going to have to get over it in my own head if this is who she's going to be. Yeah, but there are times where I think, like, the way her character behaves is well in her teens. Yeah, or, like, yeah, she's, she's like, acting way beyond her years. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's... And, and that's why I say, like, it's so, it's so unfortunate and, like, it's ugly to watch mm-hmm. because you just expect, like, you want, I should talk about myself, like, I just want her to be sort of this, like, like this, like this voice of wisdom sometimes, you know, because she can be, like, super, like, sage with her, yeah. like, words and shit. So, like, I kind of like that. I like when she's, like, wise beyond her years. Yeah. But I don't like it when she's acting like a bratty mm-hmm. kid. I just, I don't know. It, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But more than anything, I guess, it rubs my perception of who she should be the wrong yeah. way. Which is ultimately unfair to the show, I guess. Because the show, I mean, she is who she is in the show. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't have to like her, but I don't have to, like, fight it. You know? <laughs> like, I don't have to be like, stupid show, what did you do with Ruthie? No, this is what they're doing with her, fine. I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I... I agree with you. I'm not the biggest fan yeah. of what Ruthie is turning into. Yeah. It, it's weird. I, maybe we should just break, like, again, I'm speaking to myself really, but like, maybe to just brace ourselves. Like, yeah. this is the ride we're going in for with her. Like, yeah. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know where you go from there then, because it's probably just going to get so much worse, worse the older she gets. Yeah. Like, when it, she actually is a teenager, like, holy cow, look out, world. Like, you've got a fireball on your hands. Mm-hmm. 
oh boy, <laughs> you know, like we thought Mary was bad, like, you know. Dude. And the, the fact that actually Mary fell into that trap and actually did something bad. Well, bad, not bad necessarily, but you know what I mean. Well, she really didn't, like, she fucked up. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get why. And why have that evil smile? So, just to, you know, talk about it, like, so after this revelatory conversation with Ruthie that she has, and saying, oh, how'd you come up with that? I've been locked in my room for hours. Um, She, like, goes, oh, we should set up to, like, before all of this has happened, like, they're, like, they're squabbling in their room, she and Lucy, and. Like, Lucy kind of, like, slaps her shoulder or something, you know, like, a, like oh, he's stupid, like, that kind yeah. of, like, you know, like, you know how you do that with your sibling or mm-hmm. whatever? And then, like, Mary retaliates, but, like, hits Lucy in the face. Yeah. And, like, gives her a black eye, essentially, <laughs> which is hilarious how, like, quickly that blossomed, but anyway. Yeah. And it's not like she punched her, like, she just, like, tapped her face with the back of her hand. Like, yeah. The fact that Lucy got a black eye at all was hilarious, but regardless... So, she, like, she goes downstairs to get Lucy a soda or something, and when she comes back, having just talked to Ruthie, she goes, like, oh, yeah, I called Andrew's house for you. Because the whole thing about this episode was, like, Lucy was trying to, like, get a glimpse of Andrew Nalos. Yeah. And so, Mary's, like, I called Andrew's house for you. He wasn't there, but I talked to his dad. And Lucy's, like, what? Like, you did? What did he say? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Mary's like, oh, yeah, but apparently he has a girlfriend now. And what did she say? She says some bullshit about, like, you know, he 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 much prefers this girlfriend because this girlfriend, like, isn't into, like, having sex and kissing and stuff. Yeah. So, like, this is going to be better for them or whatever. And for a hot minute, even me, like, as the audience, I was like, I kind of believed it. Because it's not like we were following Mary yeah. the entire time she was away from Lucy's room. And that thought kind of rings true only because of what we saw whenever she took him out on the date. Exactly. Like him schooling her exactly. or grilling her. Like, yeah, exactly. So it kind of like felt true until you like realize about halfway into the episode, just as Lucy sits down to call Mr. Nalos, which I have the clip so we'll play it, just as that happens, I was like, fuck she totally lied and like it's all just been a big like prank on Lucy because Mary can't stand the thought of owing Lucy which yeah. she says out loud I'm like what the fuck are you guys even talking about like yeah. what just happened like one minute you guys are like on the same team because you're trying to like get out of the house and like have a night on the promenade the next minute you're like quote unquote fighting each other and then Lucy's pissed at you because you gave her a black eye and you're like I don't want to owe you so I'm going to get back at you by like lying to you about this huge thing that I didn't do and Mary you owe her so many times fucking A yeah let's be real you owe her like a a lifeline I don't know what to tell you you owe her so many times And, and and it really irks me like that Lucy keeps putting herself in these positions that allow Mary to like Fuck with her, yeah. you know? Let's play the clip. So, as I set up, Lucy, like, can't get over the fact that, like, Mr. Nalos has this, like, idea in his head about her based on what Mary has said she talked to him about. Yeah. Mr. Nalos, it's Lucy Camden. I think my sister Mary called you earlier. No, we're not interested in changing our long-distance provider. 
Hello. Please don't hang up. It's me, Lucy, the girl who went out with your son a couple of months ago. Who? Lucy Camden. My sister Mary spoke with you earlier this evening, and you said that Andrew was happy with his new girlfriend. And that's because they didn't make out as much as we did, and that he's not ready to have sex. But, you know... I'm not ready either. And the thing is... Hey, hey, that's enough of that sex talk, young lady. What kind of phone company do you represent? I'm not with the phone company. I'm a friend of Andrew's. I'm sorry. I just wanted to set the record straight. Oh, you're that minister's daughter, aren't you? Yes, yes, that's me. My sister Mary called about me and Andrew. And I called to assure you that I don't want to have sex. Look, I don't know what kind of sick prank this is, but you stay away from my son, you and your sister. You girls today are far too fast for an innocent boy like you. I, I just, I have so many thoughts. Like, I can't even with this, with this whole storyline. I hated it. 100%. And I was like, dude, you held on to that. You let that conversation go on for far too long, Lucy. First of all, okay, the first time was hilarious. And, and I get why she felt like she had to call back. Because it's hilarious that like she's like, hi, it's Lucy. You talked to my sister. Oh, we're not interested in phone company changing. Like, what? no one said anything about a phone company. And like, it's just, like, really. How obtuse is this man? So stupid. So, okay, fine. He hangs up on her. I get why she's like, misunderstanding. Let's call back. Okay. But you've now said to him three times, my sister Mary called you earlier. Yeah. If he's drawing a blank... Chances are he has no fucking clue what you're talking about, yeah. and you can hang up the phone. Whether or not she did talk to, talk to him, like he's clearly like clueless about it. Yeah. So just like leave it alone. Like this random stranger, you're like, I'm not ready to have sex. Don't worry about me. Like what? So uh... stupid. And then also though, for Mister Nalos to be like, Oh, you're that minister's, minister's daughter. daughter. I know all about you. What is this thing? Is that a thing? Like. Putting the show aside for a second, this is like uh, multiple times now the show has made comments about the minister's about daughter. About how, like, you know how it is to be a minister's daughter. Is that a trope? Is that a thing that, like, minister's daughters are, like, like sort of, you know, known to be, like, fast and loose? I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never heard that or. I feel like known I have. I feel like I have heard something like that before, but. I can't even reference to what though. Like, I mean, you hear about like Catholic school girls and stuff. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother thing. But like a minister's daughter, like, what? That's yeah. not a thing. I don't. I don't know. Unless we know nothing. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I just—it's just this whole thing just was like so annoying. And then so she find like so she like lets herself get chewed out by him before she finally hangs up. And then runs out to like Mary and is like, "You lied to me. You never talked to da da da." And actually, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. Instead, no, she does because she confirms first that Mary lied. Yeah. Then takes her opportunity to come into the room later and go like, "I spoke to Robbie for you." Yeah. And um, she, Mary's like, "What? You did? What? Yeah. How? What? <laughs> you know?" And Mary and Lucy's like, yeah, yeah, I talked to him, but I'm not going to tell you about what or whatever. Basically, it boils down to, like, she gets Mary to admit yeah. that she's actually not interested in Robbie and doesn't care to speak or see Robbie ever, speak to or see Robbie ever again. Yeah. Because she knows that she doesn't deserve him or that she can do better than him, I yeah. should say. 
And so it's like this big cathartic moment between the two of them. But the problem that I have is like, Mary's like, Mary tries to get back in Lucy's good graces by being like, come on, you know, it was funny. And then Lucy like lets her have it. Like Lucy like cracks a smile. Yeah. And it's exactly that kind of attitude that allows Mary to continue to do things like this to Lucy. Because Lucy, like, does never put her foot down. Anytime Mary ropes Lucy into any of her bullshit schemes, Lucy goes along with it. And so you're always going to be in that position with Mary. And and she's going to constantly be owing you, and you're never going to make her pay up. Yep. That's going to be your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are all the time, dude. It's very frustrating. It is. It's frustrating because, like, for the first time, I feel like Lucy's, like, in a really good place. Yeah. And I'm really excited about her future. And I hate to see her, like, get bogged down in Mary's bullshit. Yeah. And it's, like, what you said about Ruthie. It's just an ugly color on her. Yeah. On on Mary. It really is. It's annoying. There's nothing funny about it. It's just... To the point where I want to reach into the screen and smack her upside the yeah. head and be like, "Dude, I want to give her a black eye. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give her a black eye or almost and <laughs> oh man, get her out of the show. Yeah, right. It's yeah. to that point. Get her out of the show. I, like I'm annoyed of her. I really feel like okay. So here's the thing, though, is because I, I don't actually know exactly when Mary leaves the show, but I feel like she's departing. It's coming, right? But that's what makes me wonder, like. Is that really what this is? Like, is this the writers, like, setting it up to where you just hate Mary so much that you're just like, go, fucking leave already? I don't know. I can't imagine they had that much forethought. Because also you have to remember, like, Jessica Biel leaving the show was a breach of her contract. Like, she was baked in for at least six years. So it's not like they were like, oh, we're going to let you go. No, I don't don't think, um, like you said, I don't think it's something that they thought of or like put that out there but at this but it definitely works <laughs> I'm, yeah it does work at yeah. this I'm annoyed of her character I don't give a shit if she goes to college or, or if she like goes into basketball or if she becomes a bum like it's to the point where her character is so care. annoying I don't care I don't care either which is a real shame because I remember going back to like the early days of the show season one she was our favorite she was like my girl like I totally identified with her I was like I feel you she had a good head on her shoulders yeah she was like the no nonsense girl you know mm-hmm. like now she's all nonsense yeah it's really frustrating yeah I just really don't care about her character yeah Wow, what a fall from grace. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Simon and Dina. Oh, yeah. So Simon's whole thing is he's not trying to, like, go out and spend money he doesn't have. But he all he wants is, like, Dina's finally been allowed to leave the house and mm-hmm. see him again after their punishment or whatever. So he just wants to have her over and so they can hang out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Annie, I think, rightfully is a little bit apprehensive because she's like, I don't know that I want to be chaperoning you two, frankly. Like, I have bigger fish to fry tonight. And Simon's like, well, I'm not going to do anything or go anywhere. We're just going to hang out here. And... Not going to give her a hickey, Mom. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Annie in Annie's mind, it's like, the last time you guys hung out here, the world fell apart, so yeah. probably not the best thing. But long story short, she allows Dina to come over. And so they start playing life, the game of life, mm-hmm. in their kitchen. And I don't really understand Simon in this scenario, because he's like, he's 
sort of kind of like not into it. Yeah. And whereas Dina's really into the game and like wants to see it through, like wants to finish the game. Yeah. And he's like lost all his money and like 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 sitting in the back seat and like lost his job. Like he's like losing the game and yeah. she's like winning the game of life, quite like metaphorically, you know, literally or whatever. And so he's like pissed, but she won't let it go. And then they finally like it comes to a head. And she's like, she's like, I'm mad at you because of what you did to me. And like, now I have to be punished about it. Mm -hmm. And Simon is like so blasé and like (laughs) oblivious. He's like, you're not punished anymore. They let you come over. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm still like not in good favor with my parents. Like, it's not just going to go away overnight. And then she says that he never apologized to her, Mm -hmm. which is not true. Because it's actually the first words out of his mouth at yeah. the end of the last episode when they get some alone time. He says, I'm sorry, because I should have just said I love you in the first place, which is what I was trying to indicate by giving you the hickey. So he has apologized to her. Yeah. Maybe not in, like, just the words, I'm sorry, but, like, he's apologized. Yeah. And he's made it up to her. And she said I love you back to him. So for her to, like try to, like, reopen old wounds was a little bit, like, unfair, I thought. Bad writing. I guess, yeah. It is what it boils down to. Uh, I think they were, like you said, when it comes to Eric and his situation, they were trying to make a point. Mm -hmm. But, again, the point falls flat. Well, and what's the point? Because the resolution of their story is Dina takes the blame on herself. She goes, she goes, maybe, maybe I am at fault. Maybe I'm, I'm the problem here. Like, maybe it's all on me. And then he just stares at her. And then that's, we never see them again. I'm like, that's supposed to be the takeaway of this? That she takes all the blame on herself? Like, like there was only one person involved in this debacle? No, that's not fair to anyone. Uh, It was really stupid. I did not Can I read this episode from now? (laughs) No, let's stay true to our format. Fine. But, you know, it's just like, what is happening? Like, everyone's just a hot mess. And then you've got Matt, who needs to study or write a paper on statistics. I, Which is ridiculous. But I, I'm not going to lie, though. There has been... I was a very good procrastinator. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore... Oh, it totally reminded me of my study. Right? Guys. Yeah, yeah. Seeing him, like... Just completely, like, not being able to focus on the task at hand, like, mm-hmm. was hilarious. I'm like, I've been there, but I don't think I've ever wore my father's robe. <laughs> well, the best, though, was, like, it was so telegraphed when he puts the coffee down. I'm like, that coffee's going to spill everywhere. It's going to be a whole thing. But then they heightened it. Like, from there, it went to, like, he's wearing the robe. He's wearing the white thing. Like, and then he, and like, wears it like a scarf. <laughs> And he's like risky businessing, like welcome all to the church, the church of Matt. <laughs> I mean, he was little he was funny. Like it was fun to watch, for sure. But also just like ultimately fruitless. I yeah, mean, dude, I it's just know. a comic release. So, That's all he was, or supposed to be. Yeah. For all the other shit, they're like, oh, let's just give him something to do. Yeah. Because that's all right. I mean, at some point, Lou shows up because he got complaints from the neighbors. Yeah, because Oregon was playing. And... Yeah. And so he shows up and ends up, like, basically doing that essay for him. Yeah. Like, showing him how how statistics does 
play into medicine or whatever, like Ugh. his chosen field. Which I still can't wrap my head around Matt wanting to be a doctor. Like I can't either. I don't I, believe it. I don't get it. It just doesn't feel right. Like he doesn't strike me as the doctory type. Yeah. You know? Main, mainly because he can barely focus enough to write a fucking paper. Like truth is I can totally like because of how goofy his character can be, it's like I can see him being like a nurse at like the children's hospital. Like in the sense I guess of like so. because he like he's just so entertaining that I feel like he'd be the perfect fit for only that. But, but like see, to be a I doctor, mean, I don't even think he could be a nurse. Like yeah. nurses work ten times harder than doctors oh, do. Right? Yeah, they and do. that's like a very challenging and demanding job. Like, I feel like I could see him being like a volunteer at a yeah. children's hospital where he gets to like wear the red nose and like be a clown. Maybe that, that, that's what that's what but, I see him as. But def yeah, it's weird that he even has like aspirations. Frankly, as big as being a doctor, like yeah. For me, like he's just he's just a guy who like he'll get his college degree, no no biggie, fine, but like he, like realistically, he's probably just gonna like meet a girl and settle down and like settle into a blue collar life. <laughs> like as sad as that is to say, which there's nothing sad about living a blue collar life. I'm just saying, like I think his dreams are probably bigger than that, or are bigger than that. Yeah, but I just don't see him really following through on any of this. Well, I just don't see I, how. How is he no, no, do no. It? You, you, I, no. I, I don't disagree. I, I, you have a point because we. I don't know. When was the last time we saw him so passionate about something other than Shauna? Yeah, seriously. Seriously. So, I don't know. Okay, so is that everyone? Oh, I mean, I guess to resolve the Ruthie storyline, like. After she's spent, I guess, a sufficient amount of hours in her room, like, she's talking to Annie and basically saying, like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I can, like, cut my, like, maybe she can cut my hair so we're even or whatever. Yeah. And then Annie, like, legit calls Sarah's mom and yeah. offers that. Like, we don't see that happen, but we just see them hanging up. Yeah. The phone with each other. And then Annie's back in Ruthie's room like, I told her you're sorry. And she didn't take you up on the hair cutting offer. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh. I just don't even know. I just, I, yeah. I don't know. It's these, so these sad. These are just a hot fucking mess. It, it, it's weird because we totally saw that offer happening. I kind of was hoping it would, frankly. It would have been funny if she did cut her hair. I was actually hoping for a haircut. Me too. At one point, she does. She wears like a, one of those Kangol yeah. hats or whatever and like acts like she cut off all her hair. And then she like reveals that, ha ha, no, I didn't. I, I can't do it. Which is ugly as fuck too. Like that whole like, ha ha, like as if I'd ever cut my hair. Bitch, you are nine. Like, yeah. Where did you learn this ugly behavior from? Like, Mean Girls wasn't out then, dude. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I oh, just... I love ugh. that movie. But anyways. Um, either here or there. Anyways. Anyway. So, yeah. So, whatever. I'm kind of done talking about these morons. Let's just get into the meat. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's true. I'm just I know. Like, this, this is so annoying. Like, I can't. It just feels so good when I hear you say it. <laughs> It's true. I'm usually the one who's like trying to like keep this show on the rails, and I'm like, yeah, let's burn it down. Okay. 
Um, okay, so we open on Eric in a jury box, and the jur- and the judge is giving them their 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 assignment, their mission, so to speak, which is like they they've heard the facts in the case. It's their it's their duty now to like decide what the truth is. Right? Or yeah. He makes a distinction between like what the truth is and what you guys are gonna decide. I don't whatever. Anyone who's served on a jury knows the spiel. Long story short, they go into the deliberation room. And then I like how the show plays fast and loose with what actually goes down in the jury deliberation. Because like they don't literally keep you there overnight locked in a room until you come up with a decision yeah. like like court has to end at some point like they let you go home like yeah. to sleep <laughs> like no one's locking you in a room until you've made a decision but anyway so what i did like about this 12 angry people episode i guess is the is the flipping of the script because in 12 angry men this the odd man out is the one saying not guilty yeah and his and he then convinces the 11 other jurors that it, that the kid's not guilty yeah in this one they go around the room everyone's saying not guilty not guilty it gets to eric and he says guilty yep so immediately of course that's the conflict and you realize pretty quickly that pretty much like half of the room if not more are like minorities you yeah have like Two black men, a Hispanic guy, um, one woman who I want to believe is supposed to be a Hispanic woman, like the shop owner person, but she all he did was like put this accent on her, which was like they just gave her an accent. accent. Yeah, it was this weird accent, and then um, and then the head jury person or the head juror who was like real comfortable taking that position like yeah they, she like walks into the room like she owns the place she's like let's take a vote y'all yeah like, you know usually you have to like decide who your ringleader is gonna be yeah. like it doesn't just happen over like immediately but anyway and then and then a couple of white people like this white woman and the white guy who's even steven's dad yes and a bunch of other disney channel shit yeah like, if you saw his face you'd know him yep um and so everyone's saying not guilty except for Eric, and of course they all turn on him because mm-hmm. one because they're like oh, it's gonna be a long night, guys. Settle in. I think I guess because they just expected it to be an open and shut like let's get yeah. out of here. And so they're like settle in, and of course Eric's gonna go into his whole spiel, which is like in this case, this trial, this defendant, we know that the evidence points to he shot this cop. Like, it was his gun. It was, you know, he was he was arrested for, or he was, like, apprehended because he had drugs and he was going to sell them and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I just, I don't know. I'm, like, I have so many thoughts. I can't even, like, organize them in my head. You talk. <laughs> uh, about what, though? I don't, that's the thing. It's, like, it is, like, about what? Because... I mean, we all know what this is going to play out. Like, the title of the episode gives it away. Yeah. You know it's going to be a one-by-one, knock-up, like, knock-down the dominoes. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's going to fall. In the end, they're going to find this kid guilty. Yeah. Because they're going to boil it down to this trial, this case, yes. this, these facts, this evidence. Like, you can't put the baggage yeah. of the entire community 
of minorities Mm -hmm. on this one case and try to be like, well, because cops and the justice system are unfair to most minorities, we should just say not guilty, even though all the evidence points to this guy being guilty or whatever. And ultimately, though, and uh, not though, ultimately, I think that's a fair point for the show to make, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is how the justice system is supposed to work. You are supposed to not bring your baggage into it and take the case, this trial, this evidence, these facts. Like, that's what happens in that deliberation room per trial. Yeah. Of course, (laughs) you know, stars and rainbows, like, good luck, you know? And... And like we said, it's unfortunate that at the end of the day, like it's the two white people in the room, the woman and the man, and ultimately the man, who are the last dominoes to fall. Yeah. Like all the minorities get convinced to call this guy guilty, and then the white guy gets to be the one like, mm, I don't know, I still want to say not guilty. You'll never convince me otherwise. And then he gets to like have the the catharsis or whatever of like, you're right, he's guilty. You yeah. Know? Like, bullshit. But, so, the, the the conversation that you were alluding to earlier between the young black man and the older black gentleman, mm-hmm. um, I've clipped it out because it really is sort of, like, the emotional, like, aha moment yeah. of this whole storyline. Probably the only aha. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Guilty. What?! can you say that when you know a black man can't get a fair trial in America? I don't know about every defendant, but this defendant had a fair trial, and I believe he's guilty, and that's how I voted. Oh, come on! Why are you so much angrier than I am? My generation suffered much more racism than your generation. I'm voicing the anger that his generation wasn't allowed to. And don't you tell me I'm not allowed to be angry. Racism is not a thing of the past. But don't you see? If your generation is burdened with all of that anger, it will hold you back. It would be your disadvantage, like segregation was ours. I want your generation to soar. I want you to take advantage of every opportunity we never had. Think about this defendant, the evidence of this trial, the conduct of of the attorneys and the judge in this court. Did this defendant get a fair trial? Is he guilty? I vote guilty. Oh my god, this makes yeah. me so angry. Like I... that conversation would have been fine outside of that jury room. It would have been a fun conversation just in that jury room. And the fact that Eric had to speak in. I know. That's where it bothered me most. It's like let that conversation oh grow god. between oh these god. two characters, not bring in fucking Eric as if he's the guy for like moral high ground. I just I just I Again, I cannot let go of the fact that these are white people writing these words. Like, it's totally like what's happening today in the in the world, like with this whole take a knee thing mm-hmm. and this narrative that like people are building around like like black people protesting. Like, it's like I think Trevor Noah recently did a whole thing about like like so how can a black man protest? Like, yeah. they can't do it in the streets. They can't do it at a football game. You you blame a rich black man like for being an, an, an ungrateful millionaire or whatever. Yeah. Like, how can a black man like stand up for themselves? And for the old guy to be like, like 
if you let these hangups like and this baggage come with you everywhere, then it's gonna like drag you down. It's like, but like, what can you fucking do when the baggage is real? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what can you do? And I and I completely appreciate the irony of like me, a white woman, talking about this like as if I know anything, and I don't. And I preface everything I say with I know nothing. All I know is like I can't. I can't. How can you stand behind it? Like I can't go for this. Like I can't even go for anything that is being said even if even if you put it in the mouths of minorities like at the end of the day it's white people writing it that's that's unless you tell me that they improvised this all which let's be real they didn't like you can't no no no, i can't get over it. this was a perfect setup of putting these random lines in stereotypes is what they did and that's where my biggest yeah with this episode is and i actually even had that note because like it was irking me that i don't know these characters names like like that i have to refer to them as old black man and young black man like i bothers me just me as a person right now having to talk about it i was like what are their damn names and then i was like but they don't have names because they're supposed to be anonymous jurors and so all you have is the stereotype to work with Mm-hmm. And that's totally what they're playing into. Yeah. The stereotype of the Hispanic guy and the hysteria, like, you know, and like, and then, and then for the Hispanic guy to be like, I bet you judge me. Like, oh, look at this gangster. I have a PhD. Like, and that's supposed to be like, okay. Like, or like, oh, I'm sorry that I judged you. Like, what, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's all so bothersome. I don't know. All it does, all this episode does is create good conversation, but the episode itself is weak. And it's just really annoying. Weak sauce. Yeah. yeah. It makes really good com- it j- all it does is create good conversation, but it's still weak. And it's just another attempt of like this show trying to like make, make a, a statement or like have a have a point of view and just like falling flat on its face. Yep. Like frankly, like it just doesn't get it. It doesn't understand that its point of view shouldn't be the point of view that it's trying to like portray like yeah like be your point of view be the white guy in the room being like i don't know or these are my thoughts or whatever that's your point of view show like don't try to put yourself in the mouths of minorities yeah trying to like make a point like that's not gonna work yeah it's not yeah i'm just saying like makes good conversation yeah, and unfortunately, like, it sucks, to be honest, it sucks that, like, that, like, I don't feel comfortable talking about these issues as a white person. I I think about this all the time. Like, I wish, I wish that I did feel more comfortable about it because I feel like I have something to say. I feel like, I feel like my point of view is valid, but I also feel like it's not it's not right. Like I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a minority. That's the b- b- most important step. You don't know, and therefore you want to know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but we're also on a podcast like spout. Like I should say, I'm also on a podcast like spouting my point of view as if it matters. You know what I mean? Um, but you Which have a podcast, doesn't. and it's your podcast. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. This is where you can't have your quote-unquote soapbox as everybody else does on fucking twitter i guess so i guess so i don't want to i don't want to like like i'm just i don't want to detract from anything that we're doing here by by being meta no i know but what i'm trying to say is it's like you you i would want you to feel comfortable to voice it i mean i feel comfortable saying 
I'm not the authority and that I don't know anything. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel very comfortable saying that. And I also feel comfortable, I hope, or not I hope, I, I, I would hope that the listeners of this show and just like in my own personal life, like my circle of friends and family and loved ones and stuff, know me enough to know that like anything that I say on this forum is not coming from a place of like, yeah. this is my stance and this is like what it is and how it should be. Like it's, I'm never that. Like I'm very like, I tr I'm trying to be as like, open in terms of like my objectivity or whatever yeah. in all of this i just know that like this episode irks me you know yeah like it rubs me the wrong way because it's so trying to not be the thing that it is you know what i mean i think that's what's really bother bothering me about it is like it's like it's so trying to not be racist and in so doing is racist oh yeah the you know best example I mean? was that one juror that said i dated a colored man oh my god i'm not uh, kidding i'm not, i almost I threw swear to okay, god that guys, happened guys sometimes i don't like um i watch this show on my phone so I, I was thinking about literally like throwing my yeah. phone against the wall and I was like, yeah. but wait a minute, I need it. So <laughs> she goes, you wouldn't know what to look at me, but I dated a black man. It's like, you and what? Shut the fuck That makes up. you a white person? <laughs> like, like, what does that mean even? Like, I just, ugh. ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. There's so much. And then for, and, and again, this show is just gonna keep falling into this trap, I think. I think like at least once, maybe twice a season, it's gonna fall into this trap of like trying to make a statement and be against the thing that in so doing it becomes, you know? Mm. I, yeah, it's just, it's trying too hard and it's fine. It's falling flat on its face yeah. every time. And I don't know, like I said, I, I love, a lot of black television shows I love them and they're funny and when they want to get real they get fucking real I just started watching blackish oh which I'll admit I had avoided because I think it's like starting its fourth season already. yes and I had avoided it not because like I don't care to like watch a quote-unquote black show or whatever just like I don't know I just was avoiding it I guess maybe because I was waiting to see how long it would last before I give it my time you know yeah but but I got some good recommendations. Like a friend of mine who I really trust, like his taste in TV, was like, I just binged all of the, th the, th the three seasons and it was great. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll start. And I'm only like three or four episodes in at this point, but I'm really appreciating it. Yeah. And that's a show that like is not afraid to say like, we are black. Yeah. And like, this is what it's like to be black in this country or whatever. And... To the, almost to the point where it's like, is that really, is that is it just about that? Like, it almost like does that instead of like having story a lot of the times, uh, you know? And I say a lot of the times, again, three or four episodes I, in. <laughs> like, look, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just gonna kind of bring this up. Like, maybe this, I don't know if this is gonna come off harsh or not, but I like Blackish. I know that I haven't watched most of the episodes, but when it's on, I will sit down and watch it. I'm enjoying it. I really am enjoying it's it. It's really funny. The ki the kids are the best. Like in yeah, being yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I 
I just love watching the kids. Um, and uh, sorry, but just to talk about me for a second. Having met Tracy Ellis Ross oh. and Yara Shahidi, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not fucking up her name, the the oldest daughter, um, and like like having talked to them for a couple of minutes um, earlier this year, like. I just, I love them so much. I respect them as, like, women and yeah. people. And, like, so, what, like, I'm really enjoying watching the show. And for me, my enjoyment of it has nothing to do with the fact that they are black and yeah. I am not or, or some sort of aspirational, none of that. It's just good entertainment. Yeah. With the added point of view of being able to say, like, this is what it's like to be black, um, you know, in this country. Have you watched a lot of black television whenever you were younger? Um, I mean, when you were younger, Cosby Show, yeah. Okay. I I know I I definitely did watch a lot of um. What was the Queen Latifah show? Oh yeah, Living Single. Living Single. I def I definitely I've, watched a lot of that. Oh, one. dude. Yeah, I, Maxine I watched, and Kyle were my jam. <laughs> hanging with Cooper, Mr. Cooper. Oh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. And Martin. Martin. And Sister Sister was my jam. Okay. And Fresh Prince was my jam. Okay, yeah. so you have. I mean, yeah. Do, okay, Fresh. Um, I'm gonna say Mr. Cooper. Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Even though Fresh Prince would try to have some of their episodes that were really heavy in that. Sure. In 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 topics such as that, um, Mr. Cooper. Martin, mm-hmm. and oh, I also really like the Wayans Brothers show. Dude, that show. show oh, I yes, I love that show. They were so funny. <laughs> I, I don't care what anybody says. I would watch that. Oh yeah, in the nineties, fullheartedly. Yeah. Like it, uh, I still remember their charades episode, but that's beside. Th- yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. Um, but I feel like most of those shows. We'll make a point to say, I'm, I'm black. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so good. I want to believe what you're, like, I want to, like, get on board with what you're saying, and I don't disagree, but I also think that, like, 80s, 90s, like, that era of television mm. wasn't really about that. Like, like you could have maybe not Cosby, but Different World, one hundred percent. See, and I never watched that show. Different World, every season had something about it. See, had something about it, but it wasn't about that. Like, oh like no, even, it was even because like Fresh Prince, right? Like, like that show was not about being black. That show was about like, about like, being a kid in Beverly Hill or Bel Air or whatever. Like, you know, stru- like having like just like it was like stories were being told and then once in a while they would take the time to tell a story that was like about being black you know what i'm saying like like story was king mm. in those shows yeah like it you know what i mean like almost like i this is not the right word way, way to say this but i just can't think of the better way to say this right now like almost like the fact that they were black was like not like it wasn't the thing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like that wasn't what the show was built around the show was the show they had a writer's room they were telling stories they were breaking jokes they were whatever and then 
but also like every character was black yeah. you know what I mean and then you'd have like a token white person yeah you know well different worlds started off with that token white person or they would have one token white person here and there but again I don't think it should be saying it's oh mate okay I'm gonna try to choose my words carefully here yeah the show was hilarious mm-hmm. so raw in its humor that's what made it so damn good mm-hmm. different world to this day it was the 30th anniversary happened over the weekend yes i put my ass <laughs> on the couch and yes i watched it because it's still funny it still gets a chuckle oh, out of yeah. me and and it has its episodes that you know the the stories that we hear of like what they've been through and what they're still what they're still dealing with yeah but again it shouldn't be about their the shit that they have to deal with. They should have their fucking amazing stories. Yeah. That's and that's what some of the shows in the eighties did. That like they No, that I'm saying that's that's totally what they did. And and they're and they're great. The problem I think Seventh Heaven is running into is like they're trying to just tell tell stories, right? It's like it's yeah. it's not a black show. It's a white show, okay? They're telling stories. And then because they felt like it was their responsibility, which let's not forget too, like this was the biggest show yeah. on this network yeah. of its time. Like, That's true. It was it was so the center around which everything was built. Yeah. For, for the WB, like, mm-hmm. you know, you had family, like, because it was a family show about family things, mm-hmm. about day-to-day, like, what it's like to be a kid or to have kids or be in the society or whatever. So it was, they, I'm sure, felt like we have this moral responsibility to address certain topics, you know? Yeah. And you just can't do that. Yeah. You just can't do that, especially for someone when that your perspective have... is wrong. Yeah, uh, no, this with you, I agree, one hundred percent. I like how you said that. This with you, I agree. Yeah, this with you, I agree. <laughs> I don't know how it came out that way, but it did. Guys. I like it. It's like Shakespearean. Ooh. <laughs> Good iambic pentameter. It's on that never one. gonna happen again. It happened today <laughs> for episode this seventeen, you, season four. <laughs> this with you, I agree. Mark it. Keep it. Remember it. That will be on my plaque. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna tweet that from the account. This with you, I agree. T. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like there. We could talk about this literally forever. I know. And in the and interest of time, like we honestly can't. And everybody else would be like, "Shut the fuck up." And yeah, and then really, also, I just have to be cognizant of like how much can people listen to like two white girls talking about race relations <laughs> like <laughs> you know but this um, so just to bring it back on track so yeah it boils down to like you know they're having these conversations sort of kind of like everyone at some point ends up sharing a story or their own experience or their own like history yeah. or whatever in this deliberation room and they all share these experiences and stories and things to Eric as a way of like like justifying I guess or defending their not guilty vote which then Eric's only response to that is always like 
but this trial and this case and this defendant, which again, I want to argue is kind of sort of how it should be. It, if you want to have a decent justice system, yeah. you got to boil it down to this trial, this case, these facts. Mm-hmm. Like you have to. Otherwise, that's when you bring the baggage into it and that's when you get things like a bunch of white cops getting, getting let off when they're killing black people in the streets. You know what yeah. I mean? That's how you get this justice system we've got. Yeah. Because people are bringing their baggage into it. But anyway. Um, so that's what happens. And then so finally, like, we see them delivering their their verdict or whatever in the trial. And it's guilty. And they cart this faceless, nameless defendant off into the back in his orange jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And that's how it ends. Seventh heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or more accurately, dling, 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 dling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, quick side note, before we go on to ratings and stuff, what happened to Ruthie playing football? Oh, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, is she never going to, are we never going to see that ever happen? It's the thing of the past, sweetheart. <laughs> that was like, that was this season though, right? Yeah. When they introduced that whole thing. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the school year or whatever. I know nothing. When does football season end? Uh, I know when it comes to like television happens. Yeah, but it starts around in September. Is it the same in school? We didn't have a football team, so I don't know. Is this is this the same when it comes to school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because the schools have to follow the same seasons as the sports. So like, so like football season is like beginning of the school year till about Jan Feb, and then. Basketball yeah. goes from like is it like the end late of, year yeah think, and then to like to, June or something yeah. and then baseball I think is like summer spring to summer yeah. yeah yeah actually no baseball's still going on now so I think it goes like spring to like midfall yeah midfall maybe yeah if not like early in the year mm. baseball is one of those like weird year-round kind of sort of sports like i don't know that it ever ends <laughs> yeah i i sorry guys we don't i don't baseball. get i don't get baseball at I, all. I don't get it but i like going and participating like watching it live but i don't understand where i'm at at the time the thing that always trips me up about baseball is how like you'll have like a series of games like so like so like the dodgers will play the angels i don't know anything about anything and, but they'll have, like, four <laughs> games that weekend, and that's, yeah. like, that's how you play them, and mm-hmm. then that's it kind yeah. of thing. Like, I that's so weird to me. Like, like you just, like, play baseball four times in a row all weekend <laughs> long with the same team. Like, that's weird. I don't know. What do I know? People who love baseball are, like, pissed at us right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're throwing their phones at the wall. <laughs> These bitches know nothing. You know what? Write into us. Let us know. Tweet at us. Hashtag... Baseball school. Yeah. Teach us about America's pastime. <laughs> That's right. Hashtag America's pastime. <laughs> no, I like baseball school. <laughs> baseball, baseball school. Teach us about baseball. Hashtag baseball school. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So let's rate this episode. Okay. You want me to go first? <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm giving this a three. <laughs> You and what I, is that? I just, I'm so, I, I love it because you and I are both threes. Oh, yeah. I, have you ever gone more than a five? 
Me? Oh, yeah. I've given, like, I've definitely given threes before. I don't know if I've gone lower than a three. Okay, well, you and I are a three. Yeah, definitely. This is a hard three. Yeah. Easy. Easy three, for sure. This episode is garbage. (laughs) Like, seven, seven. We talked about it for an hour and 15 minutes, but still. (laughs) I think it deserves it, only because of, like, Well, because there's just, there's so much to dissect. Yeah. And yet... It's garbage. Yes. Like, it's just the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we do? Is that it? Subscribe, rate, oh. and review. I mean, I know that. <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm like, do we have any other segments on the show? I, if, I feel like we haven't done this enough. <laughs> That's I awesome. swear to God. Um, okay, so, as always, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. I said on, it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I said it wrong. Whatever. <laughs> I should just like record it and then just have it like dropped in at the end of every episode. But um, you can rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, honestly, this is my call to action for everybody listening right now. Drop what you're doing, unless you're driving, in which case, don't stop driving. Um, but go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to that to us and. Give us a quick rate and review. It would so like it would mean so so much to us. We could really use those numbers, um, and we just want your feedback too. I mean, obviously, we encourage you guys to send us an email at forheavenssakeshow at gmail dot com. I love if you. you. Have... <laughs> I honestly love you. <laughs> See, if you if you rate and review us, T will sing like that more often. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop. And if you rate and review us more, I'll harmonize with her. Thank you. <laughs> like, nobody wants that. I want Everyone's to... like, okay, we're not going to read But, no, so, anyway, um, and you can follow us at For Heaven's Sake Pod on all the places. And until next time, bye. Bye.